Escape from Plan A. Like so many others, I had become a slave to the IKEA nesting instinct. Uh, yes, I'd like to order the Erica Picari dust ruffles. If I saw something clever, like a little coffee table in the shape of a yin-yang, I had to have it. The Klipsk personal office unit, the Hovatrek home exerbike, or the Ohanishov sofa with the string green stripe pattern. Even the Rizlampa wire lamps of environmentally friendly unbleached paper. I'd flip through catalogs and wonder what kind of dining set defines me as a person. Welcome to uh, another episode of Escape from Plan A. Uh, I'm here with uh, regulars. Jess, Jess, how are you doing? Good. Uh, and Mark. Hello, everybody. Ah, and this is Teen. So usually we have Oxford hosting, and since he's not hosting, I guess one of us will 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 do host by uh, committee, which means that we'll probably spend about an hour and forty five minutes talking about <laughs> half of. <laughs> Half of the scheduled topics. That's right. And, and uh, the uh, what's the topic, uh, Mark? We are going to be talking about Yappy, um, the recently released or concluded um, web series by Wang Fu. So they they recently did this uh, announced this five episode season of a show called Yappy, and I don't know, they, they promoted it pretty heavily and uh, kind of promised that it would be tackling. Hard, you know, doing a hard tackle on on tough subjects. They released it over the course of the past month or so. We've mm-hmm. all wa- we've watched some of them together on what on Rabbit, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so I think we've all seen them all. And what was your quick reaction, Jess? What did what did you think? Uh, I came in there trying to keep fairly neutral. Um, I I had seen some of Wong Fu stuff way 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 back in the day. Um, honestly, I was actually surprised to hear that they were still in the game. Uh, when this came out, so ouch. Um, I mean, I just never was that all that big into YouTube to begin with. So, um, I I kind of generically supported them, uh, you know, like Asian Americans in media, yay. Um, but from afar, so uh, you know, I, I actually came in with a little bit of trepidation. I I just I tend to be really suspicious of depictions of us or anything trying to claim to be a depiction of us. Uh, especially mm-hmm. if you don't know yet who the audience is supposed to be, right? Like, if the depiction, like, nominally of some of me to, say, a white audience, I, I'm already probably going to be not in a great place to uh, positively receive it. I, I will give Wang Fu a little credit that I don't think that, for the most part, they are making things for a white audience, even if they do have a large white audience. I really do, and I'll, I'll give them credit that I think that, that they've always sort of targeted Asians and Asian America. So I'll give them credit for that. I think that's right. Yeah, I definitely got, um, it was really interesting to see that it seemed to be for Asian Americans. Uh, they didn't go out of their way to explain oh, yeah, too many sure. of the obvious like social cues or, you know, what's that drink with the bubbles in it, right? Like, <laughs> it, it wasn't a primer for a prim- like a, a white audience. It wasn't pandering to that gaze, right? It definitely felt like it was it was something meant for for people like us to kind of watch and kind mm-hmm. of absorb using our own personal experiences. So I did I did find that really refreshing. So it's five episodes, and from the trailers, it was kind of clear like the story is about. Um, I forgot his name, man. It's Phil, Phil, Phil Wang. Andrew. 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 Okay. 
So Andrew is what he's just he's a yappy, right? He's like a yeah. I assume Southern Californian guy in his early thirties or something some there somewhere thereabouts. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's uh, software engineer. Uh, twenty nine and very obviously San Gabriel Valley of California. Oh there really? Okay. Yeah. Okay, so he's right. Go. He's right in uh, you know big Asian enclave, and. You know, something that I have seen before in one of the Fung Bros videos, it's almost identical. The trailer is about him talking to, I guess, a girl, an Asian girl that he's dating who kind of breaks up with him on account of him being trapped in the bubble, which is met with this sort of like curious, you know, what what does that mean? And then she kind of lists out some of the things that, Mark, what did she say? Like, what made him be in the bubble? That he was very safe, right? I mean, he he had a stable career. He wanted, uh, you know, he liked very bougie things. He had a BMW. Um, he had a nice condo. You know, he liked brunch. It, he just was. He, he liked you know, an he, edge. He, he lacked an edge, right? And yeah. um, but he was very comfortable. So right. you know, I, I honestly in that episode when she was laying it out to him, I don't think she was necessarily trying to make it out like he was a bad person. It was just that, you know, he was he was basic uh, and and boring to her. But you know, I it, I don't think she was trying to insult him. But he yeah. took it as an insult. He took it as like I, I'm not boring. Well, he was in denial about it or something, right? And. Then I don't know. He it, it happens. Who it happens at uh, you know some what spoken it was, some slam, was it like a slam poetry thing or something? What was that? It was like and an the, open mic spoken yeah. word slam poetry thing. And Dante Basco was there. Who, who was is just that? Like, by the way, he's he was Rufio, actually pretty good. Rufio, Rufio, yeah, from Hook. Hook. Come on, man. He's, oh. he's an OG. He's an OG. He's oh, great. Yeah. So, like, he's he got such swag, and he's up there, like, you know, saying all these woke things, and, like... Okay, okay. And, like, just... I like You can't I compete him. with that. I thought, I thought that that first, you know, because Dante Brasco base Is it Brasco? Basco. Like, Donnie, like oh, Basco. Basco. I want to say Donnie Brasco. So, <laughs> right. Dante Basco, Dante Basco, he opens up the show. I thought he was really good. I thought he was really interesting. Yo, he was he awesome. Was, he's awesome. Yeah. And then it, I don't know, from there, it kind of just goes into this sort of, uh, I don't know, it goes into this sort of five episodes, which kind of all all blended in together for me, really, but sort of a bit of a navel-gazing as to what, I don't know, what is he, what is he having a crisis over, exactly? This is my, this is the thing that I don't understand, like, what, what exactly is he coming to terms with here? I think it's I think it's an exploration of an Asian American stereotype that we've mm-hmm. created in the la- in the media landscape over the last maybe twenty years. Kind of, it's it's kind of a reaction against feeling like there's pressure to live life a certain way, to aspire to mm. certain things, to achieve a certain set of things, and then the anxiety over is this? I don't even want to say is this what I want, but is it? Is it good enough? Is the trade-off good enough to warrant, Mm. you know, this kind of feeling of boredom, of of dull, of dullness, sameness, um, and and not even having had the opportunity to explore other avenues, right? I think it's, it's not, it's not a stereotype that's that's put upon us. It's it's a react. It's very much an internally generated kind of crisis. 
Uh, it's mm-hmm. not about the white gaze or anything else. It's not about you know the the gaze of the first mm-hmm. generation or anything else either. It's it's I think it's a very introspective anxiety. I think. Okay, so I get that, but I'm but I guess what I'm confused by the output of Wong Fu because it's been more than just this series is like then what 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 is the outside that he needs to explore because in every case it seems to really focus around dating right in this case it was really about him dating a a half black half japanese woman that sort of expands his horizons mm-hmm. and I mean, and it, it, and really it collapsed into that it did right the whole story kind of yeah. it kind of focuses yeah. in kind of on a love story between him and and this woman that's which i thought um they had good chemistry i like I liked her, and I liked yeah. him with her. That was, you know, it was great. But she's been in some other things before. She's very with, good with the same actress. Yeah, yeah, with the same actress, actress, and with Phil. Yeah, she's she's beautiful, by the way. But um, oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and she's a great actress. But I don't know what exactly about the relationship is so mind expanding or experience expanding, other than the fact that she is half black. I think that's what it is. I mean, okay, let's let's yeah. talk about that ex that he sleeps with at the beginning of the second episode. You know, the ice uh-huh. queen one. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, like the idea is they just hook up. They they broke up a while ago, uh, and then the morning after he's lying in bed, she's kind of she's getting dressed and kind of getting she's kind of being frosty, and he's like, oh, you know, the gang's getting dim sum. You want to come along? And she basically lays out, you know, why he's good enough to have sex with but not good enough for anything else. And so she lists a couple of right. things in her like her her list of dissatisfactions, right? That he has a great uh, he has a stable job, he has a, a good condo. Um like he played it he played it but he's too safe, right? Um like he uh, I forget if she mentions like relationship with family or friends or whatever, but the basic two things like he's just he's just a safe boring guy uh, who has a little who has a little money basically uh not not right, a fabulous right. amount he's obviously not struggling so it's just kind of eh, like like boring uh so let's talk about that like he doesn't quit his job he doesn't move anywhere right mm-hmm. he doesn't change anything not like there is no there is no variable that changes aside from he's dating a half black girl so when we're talking about like him trying to burst out of the uh, bubble it's that's really the only thing that's bringing him at all out of it i think we should probably wrap up talking about the show because uh i think the i think the ideas that it brings up is actually more interesting than the this particular show itself but i do kind of think that the the fact that they called the show yappy is interesting because I actually don't know this term. I, I don't know anyone that uses this term. I, no, it, never. Just is this like a SoCal thing? Do people actually no. use this term yappy? No. no one uses it, right? But I've seen it being popularized by all of the big like Asian YouTubers like Linda D. Fung Bros did a video Fung, on Fung it Bros four did. years ago. Yeah, what a yappy is, right? I actually like their video. Uh, no, I like their video, but they did it four years ago. <laughs> right. Uh, so the the term is, I guess, has some currency somewhere, but you know, Fung Bros. They just did this quick video trying to define what it is, and and they also did a similar thing where it was like it was more comedic, but it was like this girl wouldn't date him because he's like too in the bubble, and so he tries to break out of the bubble, and I I don't know, I didn't I didn't really understand. I thought 
it, it has something to do with going beyond your comfort zone, I feel like, is essentially what this whole thing is. And uh, a yappy, I suppose, in that, in that regard, is just an Asian dude or girl. But it seems like it's really about dudes, right? Because the girls who accuse them of being yappies and in the bubble themselves don't seem to be all that much more worldly. Like, what did his ex have or whatever? What do these girls have that the guys don't like is it because they hang out with like non-asian people is that is that the distinguishing factor but it seems to be yappy to me the way that that you know the the youtubers have defined it seems to really be about a a self-consciousness that asian american guys have about not being interesting or not being unique is kind of how i'm reading that you know what i mean I guess I hadn't thought of this before you just started you said it but um uh I I I guess from the depictions of the women uh I guess what you could kind of glean from that is uh at least at least Wong Fu is making the assertion that I think Asian women have more of a sense of belongingness uh like a bit more internal acceptance of uh the way things are for this particular generation at this point in time. Uh, like you see them kind of like, like they don't get his, what he's, what he's going through, right? That's the consistent message. Nobody quite gets what this guy's going through. Uh, the women in his life just kind of squint and raise their eyebrows uh, when he refuses to eat dim sum. They're just not getting it. My resentment is that this is, this seems like he's trying to extrapolate this to some like race wide feeling of angst. Like there's something special mm, about mm. this rootlessness, this sense of um, disengagement and dissatisfaction, and general kind of, uh, I guess, boredom. Because I, ca I can't really put a better word to it than it's just kind of boring, right? It's an ennui, right? Like, yeah, yeah. And then to kind of to kind of have him, like, it, it's never set, stated explicitly, but then to kind of to compare that with him feeling the need to date like someone of a different race to kind of leave that. It, it kind of makes it seem like he's making the case that this kind of sent this uh, this sense of this negative thing going on that's driving him to this particular kind of neurosis is racialized, like meaningfully racialized. Because uh, as far as mm -hmm. like it's an individual kind of an exploration, like, yes, it's a good idea for everyone to uh, to understand that you do fall into habits. You do get develop a, a safety zone. And for your own, you know, sanity and your own, like, ultimate well-being, you do owe it to yourself to kind of find ways out of that. At least challenge yourself and engage meaningfully in a different direction. Uh, mm -hmm. I just have a problem with saying Asians need to do that. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I hear what you're saying. I've, I've thought about I, – I have to say, like, I do, I, do, I do really like the – you know, I do appreciate you, Asian YouTubers because I do think that they're honing in on real questions. Uh, I don't think that they're teasing out the right answers, but they are like, they're hovering around central issues here and they're confusing because it's like, you know, they're, it, they, they're teeing up a real feeling. I think that sense of alienation and ennui that, you know, otherwise successful young Asian American guys are feeling maybe adrift in not finding meaning in their career or not finding meaning in their relationships or not finding meaning with their family, et cetera. Um, though they always tack towards 
sort of interiority. Like they're always tacking towards, well, you know, you need to free yourself. You need to find a way to unshackle your mind and not be so constrained. And I think that in a way, like just what you're saying, this racialization of this, uh, of this alienation, I think just further entrenches it. Like the more you struggle mm-hmm. against it by trying to claim it's racialized, the more uh, the more race essentialist you become, the more you mm-hmm. think that what you're feeling has something to do with like your in, the in, the interior stuff of being Asian, right? Like there's something within Asian culture right. or right. something about being in a second gen family or something. And there's there's this searching to go into and, and this is the part that I hate is like they they kind of always try to push it off to the parents a little bit, which is how Yappy ends is, mm. you know, you kind of it's almost like he's confronting the source, which is his mother. Right. And mm. it, it it is this kind of like tracing of and I don't think this is deep symbology on their part, symbolism on their part. I just think that this is kind of how it ended up is this tracing of this sort of almost ineffable missingness back to the failure of your mother to give, you know, to, to, to bequeath something to you or something. I don't know, Mm. but it always ends up very internal. And I just think that's totally the wrong way to go. I think like, well, it's not, there's no escape there. Yeah. You're not, you're, you're not going to the source. You're just hiding from the the thing, you know? And I think that the reality is if you look at, if you look at the kinds of things that he's like, in a way, if you think about the show, you know, it's this sort of um, it's like this search for whatever it is. Is it, is it has something to do with his girlfriend? Does it have something to do with his relationship with non-Asian people? Does it have something to do with the fact that, you know, white dudes this or, you know, what like whatever. And in each case, there's a sort of like quick diffusing or disproving that that's relevant to his problem and then he goes back to the source which is his family and i think actually that's the problem is that no a lot of this is coming from those external problems and those external problems present themselves uniformly to all asians regardless of what subgroup you're in or whether you're second first one and a half or third gen whether you're adoptee Mm -hmm. or not a non-adoptee they present themselves uniformly and it's coming from the way society treats you as an Asian man that right. is, and I think the same happens for Asian women in a different way, but you don't have to internalize that. I don't think the key is then to go in the search. You know, like we, we've met some of these YouTubers, right? And I know mm-hmm. that that's how they think. They, they, they go real deep. They're deep thinkers. I'm not, you know, they, they're committed to this shit. They're, they're probably the most committed oh, out yeah. of all the Asians out there, you know, doing stuff. They're probably the most committed in terms of time and money, literally giving up their careers to do, you know, other, other opportunities to focus on this, which is a search for some kind of identity. But they keep turning inwards and they shy away from the external and the conflicts that, that you know, the, the ways in which we're knotted up and 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 sort of t- you know entangled in a very complicated social position takes a lot of there's a lot more meaning there as to why that's happening mm-hmm. versus like how come you're not that close to your parents no no i i i agree with you teen i, I think that the that this internalization and sort of searching for the solution 
through examining ourselves and all the different identities that make up who we are, uh, it can do, it can be good for your internal sort of maybe self-worth or your own personal psychology, but it's not going to provide answers to how the rest of the world treats you and, and the external pressures, but it is an easier thing. Sometimes I think we can get sucked into, and I think some of these, uh, YouTubers get sucked into this, uh, idea that, well, we can't, change broader society but we can somehow through self-reflection overcome our inherent flaws and i just don't think that's one of the source of all the the problems or possible to do you can't not be second generation chinese american right like unless you're gonna you know that that's just that's who you are right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but you can but there is no matter how slim the possibility of maybe changing how society treats second generation Asian Americans. Mm -hmm. um, so I think, but, but it might seem harder to do that than to sort of make these videos and, and, and gaze at your navel um, all day. Um, so I do, I get that frustration. And I think that's why I, I personally just didn't connect so much with, with, with Wong Fu even initially and Yappy's, yeah, sorry, 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 Oxford, Yappy. Um, <laughs> yeah, Yappy. Uh, no S. <laughs> yappy, motherfucker. <laughs> so that that's why, you know, I just don't, uh, you know, aside from just, I, I think, the bad writing, the stilted writing, the, the bad sort of direction, all that stuff, um, I, it didn't really affect me. Like, it was just so surface level, and, and, and I think... We need yeah, something yeah, different. I think the we need something different, go, right? The more emotionally resonant they try to make this kind of interior search, the 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 more the less I feel it because I'm like, you know, now it's just getting too personal now. Now this is just about Phil. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I guess I guess almost like in this there's a guy there's a guy named Johan Hari who is Making you know the rounds on yes, podcasts. Yes, he is making the rounds. Yeah, he's got a book published, which I have not read, but maybe I will. But his basic message is simple enough that I almost feel like I don't need to read the book. Jess, have you heard of this guy, Johan Hari? Mm -hmm. I think I've heard the name, but I, I haven't listened to or read anything. Okay, so he's he he's he has a very simple message, which is that um, a lot of he feels that modern day there's an epidemic of depression. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's this real strong pressure to internalize that depression as a form of just like basic neurotransmitter dysfunction that it, you can take that, drugs that, yeah. to adjust. Right. That's been the dominant school of thought and theory that has driven um, treatment, both pharmaceuticals and um, therapeutic uh, yeah. for you know, for as long as I think depression's been uh, recognized as a medical condition. Right. And he's he has a very simple message, which is like, well, it's probably in in many ways caused by the environment. Yes. Like a bad social environment or a bad physical environment that, you know, is not conducive to human happiness. Right. Or, or just like some something that happened that was really, really bad or really yeah, some shit you know, happened to you. Uh, you know, what some I mean? shit happened, you know, like your yeah. wife died or your son died or right. something like that. But, 
where it makes sense to be depressed. It you know it, it, so yeah yeah, yeah. It, it makes sense like it makes pure like I don't know there's there's something very into it like that's how I would have assumed right. that this stuff worked right. right and to pathologize a natural reaction to something like that um, is not helpful. I think that's well, part of well, what he I was mean, it is helpful in the sense that they've developed these drugs and stuff. But I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm trying to draw this analogy where it's like I was I was pretty shocked or surprised by how negative a reaction people had to him saying something so simple. People were oh, yeah. accusing him of, you know, saying something that was uh, basically dangerous. Yeah. Because he was basically saying, "Get off!" You know, you're gonna you're gonna get people to stop taking medication, and they're gonna kill themselves and stuff. And you know, like yeah, I think that's hyperbole. Yeah, I mean, but it's just it's just interesting. I don't know if it's hyperbole yeah. or not, but it's just interesting how a very simple statement that a lot of the a lot of like the problems that people face, including very serious ones mentally, are caused by external factors. There's this mm-hmm. huge resistance to that idea. And I mm-hmm. think, in a way, when it comes to this issue of the the, um, the 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 condition of racial minorities in America, right? I don't want to just keep this to Asians. I think it presents uniquely to all groups. Uh, and I don't even want to. I, I want to say honestly, it does present itself to white people as well, including white men. Everyone faces a different sort of set of. Pressures, right? But I think yeah, it presents uniquely. Yeah, I mean, hell, uniquely. that study was uh, primarily white people. Like, it's been reproduced consistently. And, uh-huh. it, in so, I mean, insofar as we talk about the lack mm. of data about minorities, it also means that we know very well about white people, right? Mm, that's true. true. Um, so true. we do know this is, this is entirely centered around stuff that primarily is about them. Mm-hmm. So if it's so, so yeah. to me, it's more like an amplification. If it's true, true for them, how much more so is it true for us? Uh, absolutely you know? right. Yeah. That, that's a, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, and, and and but there's this real. I, I just feel like there's a real even even in the case of white people. I feel like there maybe there's a little bit more empathy there to explore the ways in which you know there, there's a lot of studies now about how changing demographics can present as a stressor to. White mm-hmm. Americans, or you know, decline, uh, increasing joblessness can present itself as a stressor to white Americans, explaining you know their earlier mortality and higher rates of drug use and depression and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but there still is, I think, for minorities, especially maybe we bring it upon ourselves in a way—a pressure that we bring upon ourselves—is like our refusal to confront the fact that there are things, there's stressors in the society that target us for our race and mm-hmm. for our gender. And the what I, one of my fundamental frustrations about what's going, you know, ever since I went online and, and realized people were talking about this stuff is, my God, are, is everyone so hamstrung about just saying what it really is? I don't know. It's so strange to me. I mean, this is still one of the mysteries to me as to why it's so difficult for us to externalize a lot of the problems and point towards external causes when Asian I, guys try and say that, mm-hmm. no, sorry, continue. No, I, I, I that I'm, I'm just reiter- I'm just hammering the same point now again, yeah, which is I just. Mean, <laughs> I, 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 so taking this all the way back to just the personal level, because I don't think I have uh, any means of speaking for anyone else. If you, 
the problem with saying this is an external this is a problem external to yourself is that it's a very short line from there to downright nihilism because a hmm. i can see that it's true but b i i don't that means i fundamentally do not have enough trust in the people around me to be able to enact any meaningful change that benefits me that doesn't just make me look like the lunatic acting out um and given that distrust the only option is to commit wholeheartedly to a broken system you're invested in keeping it up because the alternative to that is uh to a distrusting mind chaos and what's worse than a dysfunctional system is a completely chaotic one like we mm. are very much primed to maintain order even if it's a bad one it's a psychological work of ours. I agree, but that but that's assuming that you just tackle this stuff by yourself, right? And I'm saying that mm-hmm. you know the the opposite. I think is the, it's the opposite that's the real problem because if you inter- if you source it inside yourself, you know, and I see this among Asians all the time. Like we're all kind of snowflakes. Asian, the, one of the things that keeps, I think, and it, I'm not saying just Asians, but. I, I would say including Asians, we, we do sometimes act as snowflakes in the sense of like, you don't understand my pain. Like everyone's very possessive of their problems. And we love to distinguish the ways in which my suffering is different from your suffering. And you don't understand because this, you don't understand because you're relatively privileged. You don't understand because your skin is lighter. You don't understand because, you know, um, and you really, really end up atomizing your suffering. And I think the problem with that is then you got no one that will ever understand you because you've defined your problem that way, which is why yeah. I think mm-hmm. let, let's just yeah. let's just yeah. say well, that Andrew let's bring it back let's just to, say that Andrew Yappy. is fighting depression. Uh huh. Yeah. I think he is. Let's turn it back to Yappy. Like, I think he's fighting like, depression. He really is. And and what was uh, one of the poignant parts of the show was uh, like he he spends he spends most of the scenes kind of with this this uh, anxious kind of downcast expression on his face uh, when he's interacting with other people. The the only time when you actually see that forehead uncrinkle is Mm -hmm. when he's (laughs) alone with his girlfriend, with Kalina. Mm. Mm -hmm. Like that's, you those were the most, those were the sweetest, most like emotionally resonant scenes of the entire show. All of his interactions in in society, even with his own family, there there's a there's a mannered, uh, scripted uh, feel to it all. I mean, yeah, it, obviously it was, and I, I think the uh, screenwriting could could have been tightened up, but um, yeah, there's tension there. It's you can there see is. it in every interaction. There yeah, there is. Um, yeah, so and I, and I hope in season two she she because she doesn't seem to have suffer from the same. Um, uh, problem. Yeah. Uh, and I and hope par- she stiffens him up in a way by saying, "Hey, you know, stop. You know, let's uh, let's get your head wrapped around this problem." You know what I'm and saying? Like, part let's, let's- of the- yeah, I, I I hope so. But here's also what I'm hoping. It's I I see it as a as a particularly uh, male uh, pathology, if you will, to rely on a woman for that kind of release. Mm-hmm. To feel like you can't be open with yourself without the presence of a woman there as well. So in those moments, those I, are very sweet and emotionally like true. You can see his, his, you know, this character's inner self coming out. But that's yeah. through the vehicle of having a woman there. So I, I don't, I think yeah. men are left uniquely unprepared to either uh, be 
open with themselves and then doubly so mm-hmm. to be open with uh, other people, uh, in- especially other men. I think that's the key is the other men part. Mark, would you agree? I think yeah. the problem uh, is this yeah. if very difficult. It's very difficult for men to not be competitive. And I think that showing weakness to other men uh, is considered um, probably poor, poor strategy. It, it can. Yeah, it can be seen as poor strategy. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I particularly ever had that problem. I, I've always had a brother and we've always been close and. Oh, we're also be... from the East Coast, where we're more civilized. Yeah, I think West Coast. Like, I'm not even joking. I'm not even joking here. <laughs> they might, they might Coast, be much more savage out there. West Coast is more savage. And go I, for I have the to kill. say, it's a much more image based. You know, and the male male interactions on the West Coast seem to not uniformly. Like, there's. I guess it depends on right. strata. There's definitely like a very cool, right. chill vibe to the west coast in parts but increasingly the circles that i run in when i'm in the west coast is a very mm. highly competitive image conscious <laughs> somewhat bitchy uh male environment there's definitely that in the east coast man but i i feel like it's yeah fuck it i definitely but i feel like the nature i think the nature of that competition is maybe a little more chilly um uh-huh. on the surface at least the yeah. cold war situation other than a the hot war like in the west but um I, I, you know, I, I really, I really agree with what you're saying, Jess. That um, a great direction they could take this um, show and w- would be actually, I think, a, a really um, uh, different approach would be for Kalina to break up with him yeah. because of that, and to not and to not stick around and fall into the women's trope, which is I'm going to stay with this guy and try to fix him, yeah, because I feel I, like that's a role that women sort of are pushed into or are expected to do. Um, and I, I want them to take that leap. I know they probably don't want to lose her as a character because she's a great actress and probably really popular. But I think if they wanted to make a statement, that would be a really great one. Yeah, I think so. I mean, what would have been really revolutionary in the depiction in, in his portrayal would have been him trying to tunnel to that that openness with like his best friend right and i know yeah, it's clearly yeah, yeah. set up with his best friend to, you, you're clearly supposed to see this guy's as best friend but you know even that best friend doesn't quite get it you know he, he's always trying to win a point yeah. try to convince him that he's right he doesn't really get anywhere they finish their set and then move on with their lives right uh, but there's still that right. little bit of antagonism and they're not really getting like down to the heart of it and i think the problem one of the problems that one of the ways the social organization that we have here punishes uh punishes minorities here it's but talking specifically about about men in this case um i think white men get the freedom to be individuals more Mm. but for everyone else we are incentive we need to cooperate with each other right and if we want to adopt say you know the the tropes of masculinity wholesale male cooperation becomes extremely tricky like crafting a way for men to relate to each other productively and with honesty and openness mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. we don't have a template for that that's that's ridiculed in society that's not how men are supposed there, to be yeah and there is an opportunity for them i think you're right i think to um model that 
in the show. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that they need to like break down and, and cry and oh, fuck whatever. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I say that because not. I know that's you would what, hate that's that. Absolutely not. <laughs> but, Hell, we can yeah. keep it in the gym. They can have uh, their six no, no. packs on display. Like that's not Oh, the, I absolutely know what you Yeah. Yeah, like, absolutely know what you mean. I, okay, but I, I think I, yeah. I think the I think the key here, uh if you I think what's missing uh you know, the more I think the more we've talked about the show, the more I like it. The more I see Yappy as a cry, <laughs> oh, as a cry for No, the more I see it. The more Throw I the pot away. Throw it away, she says. <laughs> the more I see it as a cry for help. Uh, from a yappy, right? And, <laughs> no, and, and, and it, look, it's legit because I do think that this affects a lot of people. I do have a lot of friends that suffer yeah. in real life the way that I see uh, this Andrew character suffering in the show, which I actually presume Phil Wang himself is suffering through, and I, it's very common. And sure, sure. I think that part of that is a feeling of disconnection from everything that's why they try and find connection through the one thing that they know having assumed and accepted all of the things that they're taught around them to be a you know a, they don't question things right that's the thing of mm-hmm. a yappy they don't question things they just they just do i think this is the fung bros definition it's not a bad one uh they accept what's around them what's expected of them they don't question and then one day they find that all the accepted wisdom doesn't amount to shit. It's not providing them with any deeper connections. All it has done is allowed them to sustain, sustain themselves. And mm-hmm. they lack connection to the outside world in any meaningful way. And the only thing that that accepted wisdom will allow you is like one monogamous committed relationship with a woman. That's the That's the one form of you know, real private intimacy that you're granted. And a yappy will pursue and put all meaning into that one allotment of intimacy, right? And it's impossible to then think that there's other forms of, quote, intimacy because then that's transgressive, right? Like mm-hmm, the, the, mm-hmm. In, in the yappy mind, the only form of connection that you can have that's that's deeper than just surface is like intimacy with a woman, but... Who else would you have that with? And I think that the problem there, uh, which is something that we've I've I've always kind of felt was missing, is political identity. I think that men, mm-hmm. they we need to we we need to align ourselves along basis of principles and positions and politics. Like we get close to each other because we believe in the same things. We don't get close to each other because we you know, love each other. We don't get close to each other because we want to bear our souls to each other. We care about each other right. or we get close to each other because we have similar shared goals. That's what male bonding is really about. That's why we play team sports. That's, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Shared goals. And that's missing in a yappy to me is a strong political identity because a yappy is defined by the acceptance of everything that has been taught to, taught to him which is just go get a job, just do your thing, just succeed, mm-hmm. don't question, you know. All right. Yeah, and I think actually that's a good spot to end the pod. Um, unless nice. uh, do you, so uh, Jess, <laughs> Jess, do you have um, any uh, final comments? 
Uh, no, um, I'm actually with Tina on this one. The more I think about it, uh, the more I feel like there's a, th- there's a lot of depth to it uh, that maybe you need to think it mm. through on your own to 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 kind of get a higher level view of what, what the show encompasses. Uh, I think, uh, Teen, you talking about uh, the prevalence of depression, that kind of serves as a meta theme. Because once you said it, it kind of all kind of shifted into focus mm. what this anxiety mm. is about and this isn't without even trying to answer the question you know is it an internal or an external thing like just the fact that that is coloring the lens of this of mm-hmm. this person's life and how you're looking at it i think it does affect how you are able to relate to this person and kind of gives you a sense of how to shape a future conversation about you know well okay what do we do about it then mm. um mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I have problems with the way he depicted uh, women in this show. Uh, uh, the yeah. Asian women in particular um, kind of just served as... They, 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 they were a little flat. Um, and, you know, these are short vignettes, basically. So I'm not going to I'm not gonna uh, level any accusations. Um, it would be nice to see some of that more fleshed out. By far, the, more f- the most fleshed out character is Kalina. And, I mean, she's amazing. So uh, well done there. My problem would be that uh, is the role that he put her in, where she's kind of mm-hmm. this experiment that he's on. She's kind of she's a, she's kind of like a, a token of this internal process of self discovery, and uh, you know mm-hmm. it's a little weird that another person should be involved in an interior discovery like that. Mm, um, yeah. I think that that speaks yes. to you know it speaks to kind of like what masculinity is is constructed to be in the social climate where it almost needs a woman to kind of bring to fruition or it yappy needs a, mas- it, it, yeah yappy masculinity yeah yeah so where it depends very closely with a woman it needs a woman's touch or permission even to fully like to be able to fully express itself so i have yeah. problems with the way that he put her in that role and i'm really hoping that you know in season two that kind of gets uh, that kind of gets resolved or f- at least fleshed out a little bit more but um yeah. i'm yeah. i'm not unhappy with it um i like <laughs> that it was it was very much a depiction of asian americans for an asian american audience i i, I don't think this would be very legible to um any other audience honestly yeah no, I agree. Uh, and, you know, Jess said she had no closing comments, but, you know. Um, <laughs> it's, it, that's always going to be a lie. I, I can just talk. <laughs> I know. I, I love it. We know we love you. Yeah. And the, the audience loves you, and too. And similarly, but I just, Mark has no closing comments. Please proceed. <laughs> no, I never do. <laughs> okay, that's our podcast for this week. If you're enjoying Escape from Plan A, please subscribe to the pod through iTunes or Google Play or whatever podcast app you're using. And uh, give us a rating, five stars, of course, and spread the word. Escape from Planet 8 keeps growing, and we want to keep it that way with a new episode every Sunday night. 